6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We are less than two weeks away from the municipal election. We finished up the federal election. We're on to the municipal election. And I think probably a lot of you are paying a little bit more attention now to the municipal election. And we know that there's a lot going on in Edmonton. There's four open um, councillor seats. There's the open mayor seat. So that makes it more exciting and likely will mean for a higher voter turnout. So wanted to talk to you and, and ask your opinion today on endorsements and if endorsements in politics sway you at all, do they mean anything to you? Because here's the deal. We are seeing endorsements in a municipal election campaign. Uh, I've been covering elections in this city now for over 20 years. I don't remember seeing them in years past while I've been here maybe different in uh, years prior to that. But this is something new, something that I haven't seen at a municipal level in, uh, well, in, in my time in the city of Edmonton. But we've seen outgoing Mayor Don Iveson endorsing a couple of candidates as well. Some NDP MLAs have endorsed candidates. We've even seen candidates endorse other candidates. So does it have any impact? Does it have any sway on you? Let me know at 780-496-0063. And let's get into it a little bit more with Edmonton-based political commentator, John Brennan. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Jalen. All right, let's start with this. Let's talk about these endorsements. I mean, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, we're seeing that uh, Mayor Iveson has an, uh, endorsed a candidate in Ward Métis. We've seen uh, some NDP MLAs also um, endorse some MLAs in that ward as well. We've seen other candidates endorse candidates. What What's going on with endorsements? Well, there's certainly a lot more of it going on in this campaign than I can recall in previous campaigns. I didn't see anything like this in 2017 or 2013. One thing I would note, Jalen, is there's a difference between the endorsements. You know, it's one thing for Iveson and for sitting NDP MLAs to endorse somebody because, you know, they're sitting politicians and they're endorsing somebody who's like-minded. So in Iveson's case, he's endorsing three candidates who he thinks would be like-minded and would carry on his agenda. Whereas, you know, with, with Janice Irwin and the various NDP MLAs, you know, they're they're endorsing progressives or probably people they know who are NDP supporters, you know, to get them on council. What Mike Nickel is doing is he's endorsing like-minded candidates in the hope that they will get elected and be part of a kind of a loose slate that he would like to form if he's elected mayor. So there's sort of different variations on the endorsements. And I'm curious to know, you know, I started thinking to myself, you know, do endorsements work when it comes to politics? But I'm I'm guessing that in a municipal election where name recognition is incredibly important, this could come into play, could make differences. It could, and especially in an election that's being held during a pandemic. And, you know, we don't know how that's going to affect turnout. You know, I think when it comes to endorsements, they're a mixed record. We can just look back on the recent federal election and the election that was held here in Edmonton. You know, we call Jalen that uh, Don Iveson endorsed Ben Henderson mm-hmm. for election um, as the Liberal candidate in Mill Woods. And, in fact, was seen on uh, social media campaigning with him on the final weekend. Well, that didn't help Ben Henderson because he lost to Tim Upple by 
over 1,800 votes. Conversely, we saw Janice Irwin and a whole bunch of NDP MLAs in Edmonton endorse and campaign hard for Blake Desjardins in edmonton Griesbaugh. And in the end, Desjardins beat Carrie Diot by about 1,500 votes. Mm-hmm. Now, did those endorsements make any difference? You know, it's hard to tell. I think, you know, your point is a good one about name recognition because municipal politics, it's all about profile and name recognition. And in a campaign that's taking place during a pandemic, when it's so difficult for the candidates to actually reach voters, unless they actually knock on their door or get them on the phone, one thing that they can broadcast through their various social media platforms is, hey, look, mm-hmm. the mayor's endorsed me, or hey, look, one of the, the local NDP MLA has endorsed me. So, you know, that might give them a little bit of an edge with some voters, but, you know, I'm not sure that it's that big of a deal. So in, you know, current day, you know, municipal candidates in Alberta aren't usually formally affiliated with political parties, but that wasn't always the case. That in, in Edmonton and Calgary years back, it was different, wasn't it? Like, what happened? Why did that change, John? That's a really good question. You know, I've been thinking about that recently. I, I did an interview recently with uh, Sarah Ryan from Global on this very issue because she was doing some research into it. And, you know, I was born and raised and grew up in Edmonton and became politically active in Edmonton in the 70s and the 80s. And back in those days in municipal elections, um, there were a couple of groups that used to run slates of candidates that I could recall. The Edmonton Voters Association, which was loosely affiliated with the Edmonton District Labor Council. Mm. It was quite a a left-wing progressive group. But the bigger group, which had a huge impact on the city in the late 1970s and 1980s, was URGE, the Urban Reform Group of Edmonton. In fact, my former boss, Jan Reimer, she was first elected as an URGE alderman in 1980, as were a whole bunch of other prominent Edmontonians that uh, listeners to Ched will remember, people like Betty Hughes, Lois Campbell, Jerry Wright, Father Ed Kennedy. And, you know, they, they were all progressives, and they got into politics for one reason, and that was to preserve the River Valley and protect it from development and to stop things happening like the proposed uh, freeway through McKinnon Ravine. And Jerry Wright, of course, was also the driving force behind the beginning of the LRT in Edmonton in the late 1970s. But then, you know, towards the end of the 1980s, it kind of just petered out. And, uh, of course, Jan Reimer was elected mayor in 1989. I was involved in her campaign at the time. But by then, Urge had kind of petered out. I think they thought they had done what they had come to do. And um, it just kind of petered out and was was no longer a force. John, we're, what, uh, less than two weeks now away from the municipal election. Uh, What is catching your eye of interest in this campaign? I mean, the federal election is over, and I think people may be now here in Edmonton in in different municipalities starting to pay more attention to what's going on at a a civic, at the uh, the civic level, the, the city level. So what's catching your eye? I agree with you, Jalen. The last two weeks of any election, whether it's federal, provincial, or municipal, is really go time. It's when people are really tuned in and paying attention. And what I see is all the media outlets, all the mainstream media outlets in Edmonton are really ramping up their coverage of the campaign. I see the candidates really ramping up their campaigns online. And I was noticing this morning on Ched when I was listening that uh, Mike Nichol is starting to run ads on Ched and very heavy 
heavy rotation, which is a very smart media strategy, especially the last 10 to 12 days in the campaign. That's when you want to be advertising. That's when you want to be making your final pitch. So I see... You know, the, the four major candidates, which I consider to be Nichols, Sohi, Oshri, and Kershell, are all ramping up their game. And I, I guess that's what's catching my eye, is that the candidates are ramping up their campaigns and the media is ramping up its coverage. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I've been in uh, the city of Edmonton for 21 years now. I've covered a few. <laughs> I've covered a few elections during my time. Not as many as you have, John. Um, but I, I started to wonder if 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 we'd ever seen, or in recent memory, th- this much turnover happen in in one in one election. I mean, we're going to have a new mayor, four new councillors. Is that does that um, has that happened recently? Not in the I don't think in the twenty years I've been here. Not in the last couple of elections. That's true, but it has happened in the past. You know, in the past there has been significant turnover of, of about half a council mm. at a time. But this particular election, um, it is significant because the current mayor isn't running for re-election. So whenever you have an open mayor's race, that all always increases the attention on the race. And I, I still believe that it's going to lead to increased turnout on, on the 18th because we have four credible candidates running and um, a, a open mayoral race always increases interest and turnout. But, you know, you made a good point, Jalen. We also have four vacancies on council, uh-huh. you know, with Henderson, Walters, um, McKean um, not running again. Um, and Nickel, of course, running for mayor, so his seat is open. So we're going to have not only a new mayor, but also four new councillors. So it's going to be very interesting to see who wins on election night, because that's really going to shape the direction of the next council for the next four years. Not just the new mayor, but also who the four new councillors are going to be. John Brennan, we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Always appreciate your insight. Always a pleasure talking to you, Jaylen.